0: everybody and welcome to fortress comic news episode 310 i am one of your hosts chris alongside my co-host here mike what's happened today mike
1: nothing much man uh feet are a little sore from walking around packs this weekend uh from standing in lines but it was a pretty solid solid experience again this year yeah i'm jealous
0: Um, you know war groove 2 was there love that series
1: yeah the uh I will say (laughs) Nintendo is a little disappointing this year. Um, so PAX is the big gaming convention for people who don't know held in PAX East is held in Boston, but, uh, played a lot of cool indie games, bought a lot of physical, like switch games that I was there for, like special editions, exclusives, things like that. Bought a lot of dice that didn't need a lot of D and D stuff. (laughs) Of course. Um, But my my friend that I went with, the the thing that he loves to do all like the blind bag dice, like he's a sucker for that shit. Like Mm -hmm. mystery bags here here and there. And uh, and they had this dangerous thing this year, which the booth this booth sold out. Well they all they always have the booths that are like they're like boxes, but they're themed boxes, and you pay like sixty dollars and they it'll have like Dragon Ball Z or Harry Potter. And like I'm too scared to buy those because like I saw someone opening one and it was like one figure like a a travel mug and like some little things and i'm like it's definitely not worth the price um but they had one this year that was a board game a board game booster box so it was a box like i don't know probably the size of like you could probably stack a few board games in there for like 50 bucks and it guaranteed had a hundred dollars worth of stuff whether it was like played before opened before slightly damaged that type of thing and uh, he got one of those. And it was funny because he got to walk around with this big box for the rest of the day. But like that was the ultimate like, you know, gambling thing it was like a, a box full of board games. But no, he opened it up and there was like some cool games in there that we never heard of that you wouldn't like find on the Internet and stuff. So I'd say it was worth it. Like I was I was pleasantly surprised with that. Um, That's cool. Nintendo showed up They're Like everybody was excited for Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, there was no demo anything. There was a statue of, of Link. And what they did was they were handing out pins every morning, and they were only giving away like a hundred pins. So it's like Nintendo, what are you doing? Uh, More importantly,
0: yeah, was Advance Wars One and Two re-, reboot, re rebooted? Whatever it's called, there. No, fuck Zelda. Advance Wars is coming out. Yeah. Nintendo, get your shit right. together.
1: No Advance Wars. So the booths, the two booths they had, right? They had a Nintendo versus Arcade, which everybody was waiting in line for which is just current Nintendo games out that you could play like Mario party and stuff. Mm-hmm. No idea why you'd want to wait in line for hours to play that. Then the other booth was the Pokemon play test lab where you play the physical card game for like 20 minutes and they give you like an exclusive 30 card booster deck to take with you where that That's line cool. you'd be waiting for hours. And I, yeah. yeah. And I mean like, you know, the, the cards are up on eBay for a hundred bucks, 120 bucks at the time. Cause you, people are just grabbing them and selling them. Uh, that was okay. I mean, like I have no interest in doing that because we pretty much spent all our time in the lines for indie games. So, like we went on Friday. Cause that's not as busy as Saturday typically. Um, but I got to, I got to visit yacht club. Those are the guys who did shovel night. Uh, and I, I played their new game, Marina or Molina. That was really good. Game looks good. Um, yeah. Chris is a big fan of Chucklefish. Chucklefish has got some always the, the art for their games is always beautifully done. Uh, I will say the one that surprised me the most uh, is the publisher uh, developer called Datalik. They're actually doing the new. So there's new Lord of the Rings game coming out. And I didn't know this until I got there where you play as Golem. Oh, yeah. You didn't know about that? No, I had no idea. And I got to play it. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, And like the story is like it takes place in like Golem is like in Mordor being tortured, like how he got around and all that shit. So that's pretty cool. Um, but they had some other interesting games there too. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, and the games like, you know, the guys who did Crypt of the Necro have a bunch of new games coming out so, and there's definitely booths that are better efficient at like at like getting people through the line to play the game. Like some, you know, they start a timer for 15 minutes mm-hmm. which I love those booths because some other ones I'm waiting like 30, 40 minutes and the people are like playing and then they set their controller down and they look at their phone for like five minutes and then they're still playing. It's like Eventually, the booth person had to be like, "Okay, you got to get moving." Um, And then, like the games, like Dead Island two, probably would never have played it that day because the line was so long. Um, But it looks like Dead Island one. So, spoilers, at least from what I saw. (laughs) Um, But yeah, kind of what I expect from it. You know, this year is like the bigger the bigger people came back. Square Enix wasn't even there. Uh, There was a panel for Final Fantasy sixteen. That was it. Uh, I think originally they made like everybody think they were going to bring a demo. But it was like when you walked in the front door, it was like the clothing collaboration between Nike and Final Fantasy was like the only thing they had. And people are like, is this it? Like, uh, and then the uh, the fun part was the Nintendo van or the, the Super Mario's plumbing van showed up throughout the days, like parked out front from the movie um, and was like handing out keychains and stuff. I didn't go see it, but I guess it was parked out there both days, which is cool which makes me wonder if it's a like human physical van. How's that? Is that movie going to be like, he's an actual plumber that gets sucked into a pipe. (laughs) Like, I wonder how they're going to do that. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's kind of how the Super Mario Brothers Super Show went.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. So maybe they'll do that in the beginning. Overall, good time. Uh, Next year you'll be there hopefully. So
0: it's a good time. Yeah. Speaking of that movie, that movie actually comes out like my best friend is a huge Nintendo fan. It comes out on his birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's like all excited because I'm going to be in Florida during his birthday. But uh, he's all excited because him and a bunch of our friends are all going together. And that's his big birthday uh, celebration.
1: Nice. And next. uh, Oh, sorry, everybody. I was talking about PAX. We do have an interview today. Daniel Martinez will be on the show. Um, No contest. Yeah. I got to talk about No contest. if you're into in your if you're into fighting and lawyers and uh comic books, this is the book for you, I think. Indeed. Uh, yeah. A lot of MMA, a lot of lawyer talk. Yep. It's like Daredevil
0: if you know he could see and didn't <laughs> fight crime.
1: <laughs> and actually was a fighter, was <laughs> instead of just a boxer. <laughs> I, I don't know where along the lines of boxing you learn how to flip over buildings and shit, but yeah. I know he was trained. Don't get it. Don't come at me. He was trained by stick or whatever. Yeah, stick trained him, dude. Yeah. The okay. fuck out, All right. All right. All right. Uh, um, I'm not coming. at you. Trained Batman, huh? Yeah. Money. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> um, he bought all his training. Yeah. So looking forward to that, uh, dude. I can't wait for. I'm next weekend. Hopefully going to see Dungeons and Dragons. Super pumped to go see that.
0: Yeah, I'll be going to see that. Uh, me and my father are going to see it together, so I'm really stoked.
1: I actually know somebody that went this weekend, so I was gonna I'm gonna text him and see how he liked it.
0: It's, uh, it's getting people are liking it. It's getting good reviews. Um, a yeah, friend John of mine Wig- read the prequel novel. Oh, nice! And really um, enjoyed that. He said the characters really cool. He liked how the novel was handled. So, so the, he's much more of a D and D lore okay. nerd than I ever than either of yeah. us are.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, there's some shit that goes on in the nether deep that I don't know about, you know. Um, I don't want to know about. I don't want to know what happens in another deep. Stays in the nether deep. Water deep is free range. What happens in water deep stay? It does not stay in water deep. That shit gets around. Yeah. Um, especially if you're going through the uh, that in that one in that's like in between all dimensions in space and time. Um, the yawning portal. I think it is yawning portal in or some shit like that. Anyways, we won't talk about D&D lore. Um, We'll talk about TV news. Uh, We got a sweet tooth season two Before we start there, because Mike's not reading the notes. Sorry. Oh, yeah, next week's episode. Sorry, everybody. We
0: have to talk about next week's episode. As I mentioned, I'll be in Florida next week, so I will not be around to record an episode. But I already recorded an episode, so it's fine. What? So episode 311 is going to drop as normal. There will not be an interview, but there are special guests. So I sat down with a couple of YouTubers in the comic space, Bearded Comic Bro, uh, Greg from Bearded Comic Bros, uh, Cole from Cole's Comic Claims, and Blake from Blake's Buzz. And uh, we attempted to do a couple topics and talk about them and have a good time. We did sort of talk about those topics. It ended up being a, uh, just a good time of four guys who had a lot in common, bullshit. Nice. But I think you all like it. So it'll be something special for next week while I am on vacation.
1: Look at that. This guy is doing work. So much, much deserved vacation for Chris next week. I'm
0: really excited for it. And I'll be down at MegaCon too if anybody's down there.
1: Nice. Want to say hi?
0: You know, I'll be there harassing cool. people mostly travis gibb i was gonna say mostly gibb um but jonathan hedrick will be down there too
1: oh yeah give Give them high fives high fives from me tell them them you're doing good work um yeah that's awesome man megacon's gonna be sick are you gonna meet sam raimi
0: um i don't know if i'll be i'll be be beelining for Frank frank miller 100 oh yeah
1: yeah frank miller over sam raimi for sure
0: um He doesn't listen to the show, so I'm not worried about spoiling this, but I'm going to attempt to get uh, Jeff Johns to do something for a uh, friend and comic retailer. Oh. So I'll be, I'm going to try to talk to him just to do something nice for our friend. Wow. He's a huge Jeff Johns fan. And uh, yeah, walking around. Hopefully Donnie shows up so I can confirm in real life that he is still living and doing good.
1: That's good. And uh, yeah. Nice. I got a list of people
0: sick. I'm gonna go see, but
1: I can't wait to hear about that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, now that I've thoroughly read the notes and was I, you <laughs> know, I, I saw discuss next week episode. I thought it was notes for us personally and not for the show, but it was oh, for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes look at the notes. There was a season two trailer for Sweet Tooth. Uh, looks like shit's going down this next season. Like the the humanoid animal people are going to be fighting back. I guess. Yeah. some sort of rebellion is starting. I honestly don't remember how this goes in the comics at all. I
0: I remember vaguely like them being in this like thing and that, that dude with the phenomenal beard.
1: Yeah. The evil um, guy. I and mean, he's great. Do, that actor's great.
0: Yeah. Doing so. science, doing evil mm-hmm. science.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It looks really good. Uh, but what this trailer really did for me, other than just be like re excite me for this because I just I thought it was a phenomenal trailer. Yeah. It was remind me that I have no fucking clue what happened in season one and I need to rewatch it before the starts.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see Big Man in there at all in the in the trailer. Maybe I missed him. Was he in that Big Man. Uh what's his name? Big man
0: wasn't the football player, was he? Yeah. Him. Yeah, he's in there. I saw him. Oh he yeah. is?
1: Okay. Yep. So I'm sure we'll see them reunited by the end of the season at least so
0: yeah it seems like there's gonna be two story arcs and it's gonna be big man and like people trying to save the kids and then what the kids are going through you know kind we of see some
1: other interesting characters like weird you know apocalyptic style people
0: yeah some elephant people some some good stuff it, it i'm really excited this is back i'm yeah excited to kind of dive back into season one mm-hmm. so yeah
1: true uh mandalorian episode four what do you got for me
0: Mike, you're behind I heard, again.
1: I know. I heard it was good. It is. Uh, so
0: basically, uh, some Mandalorian kid gets captured by a dragon. Oh shit! And uh, they have to save him. Like a real dragon? It's like a giant bird thing. It's not really a dragon, but it's yeah. pretty much dragon. It does it doesn't like shoot fire, but it gets taken to its nest, and we find like little mini bird things. Mm-hmm. and apparently this bird thing was feeding these Mandalorian children to his, its babies cool pretty fucking dark yeah. uh, obviously the kid does not get eaten they save them but uh, a lot of good action I liked uh, the camaraderie of the Mandalorians and how mm-hmm. Bo-Katan's kind of getting into the the fold and she's just kind of going along with the, the creed and all of that you know, go going along, get along. And then there's the side story, which is Grogu being left at the camp and what he has to kind of go through. And he gets his first piece of Mandalorian armor uh, as part of his training. So now he's going to start training to be a Mandalorian is kind of the <laughs> thing. Get him a jetpack. Hell yeah. Let's go. So, yeah. And that's why I kind of have come around to the idea that the name of the series is the Mandalorian. I think Grogu is the Mandalorian. I don't think it's Mando.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I think yeah. this whole
0: show was about the ascension of Grogu, which is very interesting. I, I love the episode altogether. was great. Uh, mm-hmm. The ending was really funny and how they, what they did there. I won't spoil that, but it was good. The only thing I'll say is, man, there's a lot of green screen in this episode, man. Is there? All <laughs> so there. Screen? there there's a lot of them on their jetpacks like flying around yeah and okay. while it's really good mm-hmm. i'm just getting there's so much of it now and what i consume because what i consume is star wars and marvel yeah <laughs> that i can see cg like it's no one's business anymore like it's just yeah it's yeah but it's well done it, it is but yeah you you could tell they're on a great screen
1: like i mean we got to be to the point where we can just get them real jetpacks and film that shit. Like, I don't know why we, yeah, I was, I was supposed to have flying cars by now. Yeah. That's what we the were talking about. The Jetsons The Jetsons lied. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I just need to catch up. I will say there's been a show that's taking place right now. I got a, uh, a free three months for Apple TV. I've been watching Ted Lasso and that show is absolutely phenomenal. Not comic related. Amazing show. Just signed up for Apple TV. For like you'll the free w- two weeks? Yeah, watch Ted Lasso. Because I want to watch Tetris. Oh, Tetris too, but you'll love Ted Lasso. Yeah. Do, you know do you know like the story behind Ted Lasso? I know very little about Ted Lasso other than he's like a soccer coach. So he's a football coach, American football. This is... Oh,
0: okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so he's an American football coach and basically the owner of the soccer team gets divorced from her cheating husband and wants to run the soccer, She gets the soccer team in the divorce and wants to run it into the ground. So she hires him to coach the team, mm-hmm. and he's just like such a lovable guy that he's like infectious. And it's it's such a great story because like the players are the, all the characters are amazing. You know, it's like him being the happy go lucky American, and all the British people are like very bitter. <laughs> and it's it's just like it, there's short episodes. I think there's two seasons out. Third season's out right now, coming out. But it's like hard not to love all the characters. Yeah.
0: Sorry for interrupting you there, but uh, I immediately went into my anger when you said football because I thought yeah. you meant soccer. No, no, no. It's no America, I bet, everybody. I bet, yeah. In yeah. America, we say soccer.
1: Yep. Yeah, and that's when and I that's go to. Whole,
0: when yeah. I leave America, I will say football or whatever. But here, it's soccer Play by our rules. All right. Yeah. Literally everywhere. My,
1: If you go anywhere besides the US, it's football. Yes. (laughs) Yes. These are the rules we
0: live by. This is my angry American moment.
1: But that's why you (laughs) like the show because the first, he doesn't know anything about soccer. So, like, the first four episodes is like him trying to figure out what they're doing in the game and like everything they're talking about. (laughs) So it's, and all the fans like hate him. So they call him a wanker. And then he's like trying to figure out what a wanker means and all this. Oh, it's great. That's phenomenal. Yeah, so I think yeah, I'll, you really I'll like check it. out. Yeah. Um, movie news. Uh, after all the teases from Zack Snyder, we know what it's all about. On April 28th through April 30th, he's holding a Gathering Notice Snyder Con. During this event, they'll be screening his DC Entertainment Universe trilogy. Cinematic DC. Yeah, whatever. Trilogy for the fans. So that's it. He's uh, doing a screening for everybody and uh pretty cool that he's got his own con this is all to sell tickets to a film festival yeah yeah that's all
0: it is what i love about this though is i've grown to hate the restore the snyderverse people on mm-hmm. twitter oh yeah they're and the worst. they're so angry right now about this like this was it this is what we do oh, now that's we were fighting for you and and it just makes I me like so it. happy because I knew all along. Yeah. I'm like, it's guys. Did you just really think it. he was going to come back to DC? Like,
1: they're like, David Ayer is our real king. Let's go root for him. No, <laughs> stop. God, can I?
0: I'll get this off my chest. There was a because that's all. It, it's a screening for the Snyderverse stuff. Nobody yeah. cares. Um,
1: <laughs> but
0: there was a. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I, I just want to say, how does this? How does? How does Zach have the, the, does Zach have the rights to those movies? Because like, how is this not orchestrated by WB? Like, like I, th- they think it's for him, but like WB's getting the money here, right? <laughs> like, I'm sure
0: WB's going to cut, but I'm sure yeah. he had permission from WB. No, he doesn't own shit.
1: Yeah. I was going to say Warner, like they're going to, oh, we got to support Zach. Warner Brothers is getting the money here, folks. <laughs> No, like we'll talk about it later, but I yeah, that's
0: why he's going so hard on Rebel Moon. Is like this is kind of a thing that he owns finally. Okay. And it can be like something possibly. Okay. So yeah, I just I gotta get stuff in my chest. So there was yeah. a a report that James Gunn was talking with Ayer about doing something uh, with that movie. <laughs> and yeah. I as much as I don't like the Snyder, like restore the Snyderverse people. The release the air cut people, like they're they're not as like much of dicks online and everything. So I don't like dislike them. I just think they're misguided because that yeah. movie is such a pile of shit. Everybody just accept what it is.
1: You, you don't you don't fix Carol Delavine Delavine being a terrible actress. I'm sorry the the, the David Air Cut won't fix that. It's I I. <laughs>
0: It reminds me of, like, people talking video games that don't know video games. Yeah. And, like, I don't know video games that, like, extremely well. I think I'm, like, above average, the mm-hmm. normal people. But when I hear people say certain things, and I'm like, you don't understand how games are made. So <laughs> your criticism is invalid because you just don't understand what's, what's happening here. Yeah. And I feel that way about people now in this, like, release cuts world that we mm-hmm. live in like they think right. if we just edit it the right way it'll finally be good it's like it no
1: that's not like how even
0: even the snyder cut had
1: reshoots like that yeah. wasn't
0: a director's cut right it had reshoots yeah
1: so uh, yeah there, there, there wasn't like a cut laying in on his couch at home like they had to go back and reshoot everything uh, yeah. yeah I mean well not everything but like well, yeah. yeah they reshot a lot like a lot of that what we saw was
0: new footage like stuff that was not there right so yeah unless you plan on reshooting the Suicide Squad movie which I really doubt that WB is going to be down for that yeah, yeah just let it let go we got let a good go. Suicide
1: Squad movie yeah, we, we got do. one we got, a re- we got a really good one yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, gaming news oh this is always fun Paramount's uh, Global Senior Vice President for Games and Emerging Media said that this week they're currently working on a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video game. This game will be based on the popular comic uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin and is aiming for similar gameplay and RPG elements like the new God of War series. No talk or at least but it's said to be years off and I'm said to be, holy shit, I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, it's on doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, we got the new, we got the Shredder's Revenge, what? this year last year, so uh, this is like taking taking Turtles to the next level. Why not? The Last Ronin, you know, you're, is like some serious shit, so let's get a game like that. It's also, I always thought that Turtles really worked in that
0: arcade style because that arcade style is very co-op centric. Mm-hmm. And then this is a chance to do a single player narrative driven game. yeah. And it works because spoilers for the first five seconds of the comic, three turtles are dead. Like there's only what? one left.
1: The last <laughs> Ronin? What do you mean? There's no other turtles. I should have said
0: that. <laughs> spoilers for the title of the book. But, <laughs> the last... <laughs> uh, yeah, so they could actually do something cool here. And then they got that. Um I'm always like a week behind on this book, but I've been reading that um Last Ronin, The Lost Years. Uh-huh. And that's The last, I won't spoil who the last Ronin is, but that's the last Ronin prior to the events of the original comic after his brothers and Splinter die and what he does to get to that moment and like him going through training. So they could literally just do the last Ronin story and then flash back to these moments. And that's how you like learn new techniques Mm -hmm. because he's literally going to like different masters and learning new techniques and trying to hone his skills and everything, right? Right. So it. It could work really well and they could still keep the big reveal without like, I mean, I'm sure it get spoiled in some like trailer or something, but in terms oh, of yeah. the game, they could keep mm-hmm. it like within the first two hours and then everybody could be like, oh my God, it's so and so. It's yeah.
1: uh, Casey. It's Casey, everybody. That's <laughs>
0: It's really Casey in a so giant crazy. rubber turtle suit. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Running around with a ninja sword. Uh, that was such yeah. a better story i don't <laughs> i just think about that I'm like eh, hey, you caught me
0: <laughs> if you haven't read last ronin and you're even i'm not the biggest turtles fan no, i'm, I need I'm to like read a it. very
1: like minor
0: turtles fan it's phenomenal yeah, I it's really it.
1: great yeah uh also that's really great we're gonna hop over to this interview with uh daniel martinez and we'll see all of you on the other side all right, everybody. We've got another very special guest for you
0: all this week. Everybody, please welcome to the show, Daniel Martinez. Welcome, Daniel.
2: Hello. hello, hello. Thank you for having me on, Chris.
0: So, this is a first for me, I believe. Um, haven't had a lawyer before. So, <laughs> thanks That's for being okay. first.
2: Most people avoid us. So, don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I prepared yeah, I mean, my jokes over here. So,
2: <laughs> no, it's okay. Like, I, you know, I joke about that as well all the time. Obviously, when people call me. I say, look, usually people call me on their absolute worst day. So um, you you definitely don't want to run into me.
0: I can imagine. So, Daniel, I mean, you're here today to talk about No Contest. You've got this awesome comic. uh, Issue 2 just hit Kickstarter. But before we jump into that, let's rewind all the way to the beginning. What was kind of your origin point with comics? What got you into it um, and all that?
2: Well, you know, I had a... How do we get introduced to things typically, right? We have like an older cousin or an older brother or sister. In my case, it was my cousin, Rafi, from back in the day when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old. He had a car, and it was so cool to me to be able to hang out with my 16-year-old cousin who had his license. And he would go to this comic book store in New Jersey, in East Hanover, New Jersey, called Mike's Comic Shop. I don't imagine it's still there, but nevertheless, this was right around the time... Of when Venom got really good, so I became a really big Venom fan. This was about around uh, Amazing Spider Man three seventy five with the gold, the gold cover on it, and so I just really became enamored with comic books. Um, and fr- from that point, I've always read them. I had a hiatus. I'll be honest. I had a hiatus like during law school and after I became an attorney. I had a falling out with comics, not because I didn't want to. It just didn't fit my into my schedule. I guess you could say, and then I found a way to bring them back into my life. And I'm glad I did.
0: I find that happens with a lot of people. Like I can name mine when I went to college and another one when I got laid off and uh, stopped for a few years while I was trying to get my life back together. So it happens to the best of us, what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, because comics comments, comments is the type of hobby that really can take a lot of your time. Now that I'm back on weeklies, like it's it's very time consuming and I enjoy every minute of it. But it's not something you can dabble in for the most part. I find.
0: So you're you're still currently reading? Like you go every Wednesday and get your books.
2: Every Wednesday, famous faces and funnies out here in in uh, Melbourne, Florida. It's a really nice store, really good comic book store and and collectibles.
0: So what kind of comics draw you in? What are you reading right now?
2: Right now, I love indies, but for you know, I'm, of course, Marvel. I'm I'm very particular to Marvel. Right now, I have it in. I'm reading the X-Men, the Sins of Sinister, loving that. Amazing Spider-Man's great. Venom's good. Punisher. Punisher and Daredevil, everything that's going on with the hand and the fist. Love that. Love the, the, as far as indies, um, Tinian's Tinian's run of something is killing the children. And Mm -hmm. Slaughter, House of Slaughter, Book of Slaughter. Vanish. I love Vanish right now. Just a little bit. I'm a little bit. I'm not particular to one publisher, if you will. I think most people are are like that. I like some d.C, some Marvel, and a lot of indie.:
0: Yeah, we're in the age of creators. like i I personally follow mostly creators, and I think that's what a lot of people are doing. like what's my favorite creator doing?
2: Right. I, with the I, exception
0: I, of Daredevil, I get every Daredevil issue because I love Daredevil. <laughs>
2: Right. I'm the same way with Daredevil. I'd, I'd probably be reading it no matter who is making it or creating it, but Zdarsky, it doesn't hurt that Zadarski's doing it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I That man can write anything.
2: <laughs> he's been right now. He can't miss. I mean, everything that he's touched lately, I, I've got to get my hands on. Exactly. And of his Batman run, I, I didn't talk about DC. His current Batman run I think is outstanding. I think he's been doing good work all over the place. I would imagine they're going to he's going to have to make a choice, but I think he'll probably write more Batman and less Daredevil moving forward. He's done that for a while.
0: Yeah. They did just announce that he's uh, the end of his Daredevil runs coming up. So it's bittersweet there.
2: Really? But with Daredevil, yeah. Daredevil one of those characters that I feel like, you know, he, he's, he lends himself to other creators being able to do a good, really good job with that character, you know, but mm-hmm. then, okay. Speaking of, of creators, Tom King, When Tom King touches a C-lister or a D-list character, he could do no wrong. But then when he tries to do Batman or or one of the majors, I'm not as interested.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I'm really hit and miss about Tom King as well.
2: Right, but his current... Batman
0: start off fantastic, but just trailed after a while.
2: Did you check out Human Target?
0: Not yet. I want to.
2: Outstanding. It's probably some of the best Tom King that I've read. The Art's Incredible... The writing's incredible. And of course, it just proves that he seems to do better when he's doing lesser known characters.
0: I love the Justice International. So I've I slept on that book because I didn't realize JLI was in it. And then when I found out it was too late. So now I'm waiting for the nice collected hardcover to come out. And that's when I'll buy it and check it out.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a good job. I know, but I'm, so, I'm the same as you, Chris. I yeah. like I follow creators, and then of course I have, I'm particular to certain characters. But creators, I follow them more than I do publishers and characters currently.
0: Yeah, it's it's an amazing age for that. So, oh, yeah. You're, we we establish your love for comics and all that, and um, kind of your background a little bit. At what point were you like, I think I can create, I have a story I want to tell inside of comics. Like when did that come for you?
2: It didn't happen until I sat down and had lunch with my good friend and co-creator, Travis Gibb. He's been doing comics for a while. And to be 100% honest, my first thought, I've always had ideas, but I never thought I'd be a creator or even involved with creators. My original concept was how can I market my firm? Through comic books, whether it be buying advertisements in books, or I even thought, hey, you know, I talked to Travis about this at lunch and said, hey, what if we wrote some scenes of some of his books at my law firm in order to promote my firm? And that's when Travis said, well, why don't you do your own comic? It had never dawned on me to do that. And Travis sort of highlighted all the different reasons why he thought it might work, because I have sort of an eclectic background I'm not just involved. I'm a criminal defense attorney by trade, but I think I wear many different hats. I'm a boxer, an amateur boxer. I own a boxing gym. I personally fight. I represent a lot of pro fighters. I represent rappers and athletes and a bunch of different interesting types of people. So he made me see that, wait a second, Daniel, There's this like weird little universe that you can incorporate into your comic book series and do it that way. And then we started, it, it developed from there. And that's how we got it done.
0: So Yeah, so you hook up with Travis, and it kind of just goes off the rails from there. You, you guys start coming up with ideas together. and
2: Very quickly. I mean, it, it, was, it was like zero to 60 like that. I mean, I, I didn't imagine. He told me what it all entailed as far as numbers and, and how to get things promoted on Kickstarter. And, of course, I'm still learning. I'm very, very new to this. But he let me believe that it could be done, and we just got it done. And now I'm I'm just a- extremely into it. I'm proud of the product we put out. I'm excited about what else we can do. And I think it really has no limits. To be honest, I really think we can take this story and this little universe, if you will, so many different directions that I didn't imagine went before we got started. I thought we were going to be one and done. I thought we were going to do a one-shot. But this story lends itself to so many different areas. So...
0: Yeah. I remember picking up the book. So I have issue one right here um, of no contest, picking up the book and reading it. And um, honestly, kind of, I mean, it's a one and done story. You know, we get everything in that one issue. So if you pick that up and that's all you read, you're not going to be lost and you're not going to feel like I got to get this. uh, I mean, you feel like you got to get the second issue because it does leave you with something at the end, but it doesn't leave you with that feeling of like, Oh, man! He's trying to get me to buy like eight issues to get the whole story. No, there's right. one full story in this issue,
2: correct. Um, and that was and I won't even say that was intentional per se in in the long strategy of it. We were just thinking of a one shot. I really didn't think of doing beyond that one. But to be honest, I really enjoyed the creative process. I love the people that I've met in this industry, and it just lends itself to continuing this story as long as we can. And then maybe doing some other ones. I'm not opposed to doing something different. It doesn't always have to be about me and my law firm because I, I love comic books that much. I just wanted to see and prove to myself that I can do it even at this degree.
0: And so like you said, you met up with Travis, you guys came up with concept, all that you're, credited as the co-creator and Travis as the writer. Did you guys co-write it together or how did that creative process work with you two?
2: Well, Travis uh, writes about 99% of it as far as the story. I give him the, the characters. I give him some of the background information. Um, I'm very heavily involved in the dialogue. So I write a lot of the dialogue because I mm-hmm. wanted to be accurate on how I would speak or how lawyers would speak. Or if I find something that Legally needs to be tightened up. I will do that. But as far as the story element so far, Travis has been overwhelmingly the writer of this series. I'll be honest about that. The plan is, as I learn, because I don't know, I write a lot in the legal sense, but I, I've never written a screenplay or, or a, a script. So the the idea is that for issue three, it'll be more 50-50 because I'm kind of understanding the behind the scenes a little bit. And I do have a story to tell. I just didn't want to risk me sort of making a mistake on the first couple of issues. I, we decided to go with the professional, the guy who knows how to get it done. And I'm sort of playing second fiddle. But I think eventually I'll have a place for me to, to, to have my voice shine through a little bit more.
0: Which, so, yeah, you say that, it makes sense to me because kind of going back to Daredevil a little bit, it, when reading it, it reminded me of Charles Soule's Daredevil, which Charles Soule being a um, lawyer himself, I believe a
2: constitutional lawyer, I could be wrong about that's that. Right but uh, Civil rights, yeah, civil rights and constitutional law.
0: Yes, and when you're reading that uh, story arc, he deals with, I mean, they Daredevil goes to the Supreme Court, like it's, you know, that's part of the whole run. And it reads kind of like that, where I noticed the legalese moments where they don't feel as cliche as it would be in like, if I turned on law and order, or if I was to write a lawyer.
2: Right. You wanted it to be true to form. Exactly. And, And I see that all the time. That's a really good point, Chris, because when I read even other writers doing Daredevil, there are so many little things that might get past most readers But I catch and I'm like, ooh, I would have I would have changed that because legally or procedurally, it's not correct. And I told Travis from the beginning that if I'm going to do anything that's legal, I will not budge on it on accuracy. Right. If my character Mm -hmm. is saying something, if anyone reads that, I want it to be good, solid legal advice as well. So that was really important to me.
0: Was it important to you? for the fact that you are a lawyer or like, was there also kind of a part of you that was like, I can kind of put that teaching moment into this book as well. Was there that kind go. of your thought process? Well, doing it,
2: it was that it was both of those things. And additionally, that I would hate for somebody to read it and get quote unquote bad legal advice, even from my character. You know, if some, if some, if some person is reading that legal concept for the first time, I don't want my character to give them incorrect advice. If that makes sense, because I want people to know their rights and I don't want to bludgeon that. I want them to get it accurately.
0: And so, I mean, we've gone this far without actually really explaining what no contest is in terms of the story. But so I guess let's do that. Like give the the, kind of the elevator pitch. What's the series about?
2: Well, basically it deals with an attorney. And then that would be me, the, the, the attorney character who is primarily involved in other types of law, but because of By by virtue of owning a gym and being very passionate about boxing, which I am, um, there's an opportunity to help people in that industry with my legal knowledge and sort of. So that's the that's the intro to it. We basically we're trying to help people out, get through problems that they couldn't solve on their own, even these really powerful fighters. Right. Because at the end of the day, everybody meets their limitations. So I don't care how powerful and famous and rich and aggressive and strong and muscular you are, there will be an issue that you can't solve on your own and you're going to have to call a specialist, right? And I want to put myself in as or the character in as that specialist to help people overcome you know, overcome situations that they wouldn't be able to get themselves out of out of. And so that's what we have here. We have a guy basically the long and the short of it is We're at my gym. There's a guy who's training. And because of something that happens in the book, I don't want to spoil it, but because of something that happens in the book, the police come to arrest him. And that's what gets me involved with that fighter. And then we take it from there. And of course, I encounter crooked promoters, which is very common in the fight business. A lot of my friends that are fighters are always telling me how bad they have it in that world. There's crooked promoters, there's crooked fighters, there's crooked government officials and things that are involved in the fight business and in lawyering that the common person wouldn't know about.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you, the gym. So let's, let's go that angle for a minute. Uh, the book surrounds now I'm going to be honest with you. I, I thought it was MMA. Maybe that's my ignorance in that You're whole field because I'm not much of a fighter. No, no, it, fighting is, fan.
2: it is as far as the fighter in the book, he's an MMA fighter. I personally do boxing. I represent both boxers and MMA fighters. This book, and particularly number two, is going to delve into separate sports. You're going to have a pro surfer in that as well. You're going to have a boxer. You're going to have a bare knuckle fighter. You're going to have two MMA fighters. And these are all real professionals that are going to show up in issue two. But as far as issue one, that character is an MMA fighter.
0: Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So how did you I mean, you said you're kind of a, an amateur boxer yourself. How did you get involved in that whole field? Like what brought I've you been, in that?
2: I've always been uh, personally, I've always had a passion for boxing and MMA and UFC and so forth and so on. I used to do a little bit of jujitsu. I've done kickboxing. Mostly I've done boxing, but there reached a point when I didn't have the time to go to a boxing gym because I was a busy as a practicing trial lawyer. And I decided I had the opportunity to build build out a gym in my office, which is super nice. It's a very it's a full-size boxing gym. And so that's what got me to sort of start working with fighters again. And slowly but surely I got I linked my professional life and my passion at the same time.
0: That's awesome. That's you know, that's the dream right there.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I enjoy it very much. Now that's not something I don't want to fight professionally. Certainly. I don't want to, I probably won't take many more fights. I have one personally scheduled for June, I think 15th, I'll be fighting in a boxing match. So I'll let you know about that as well when, when the time comes, but um, you know, I I know I can't do that forever, but it's cool to be able to, to enjoy something on the business side of it. You know, we were, before we got on the video, we were talking about some NFL players who once they were done playing, ended up doing things in that industry, even though they couldn't mm-hmm. play. So I'm fortunate that I could s- sort of be involved in combat sports without having to physically do it forever.
0: Definitely. And so so you're taking some of these things that, you're, that have happened in your real life and putting them into the book. So would you say that this comic is semi-autobiographical? Semi-auto,
2: Yes, but uh, but uh, of course, with a lot of fantasy. I mean, some of the people that we're making up, but put put it this way: the circumstances are very real. I've had to represent many fighters who had their careers jeopardized be- because of false accusations, whether they were criminal cases, whether they were civil or contract matters. So I have personally done that, and and so this is a semi autobiographical in that sense, although the characters. The people and the organizations are different. The situations are very much real.
0: Yeah, I assume, I got to assume you'd have some legal troubles if you were to be like, Oh, yeah. Let's, let's just use, the, let's just say it was the NFL. If you said, like, and I went after the NFL, I'm sure the NFL wouldn't be too happy about that. <laughs> Correct. Right,
2: right. Absolutely. No, they wouldn't. And they'd shut it down really quick. But uh, no, no. We, we deal with that all the time in, in fighting organizations and promoters that, that sort of take advantage of people, and and uh, you know fighters, they're fighters. They're not going to be lawyers. They're not going to be doctors. They need people around them that advise them.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, issue two, issue two is hitting is on Kickstarter right now. You are past halfway.
2: Yes, Just we're past halfway. More...
0: Getting here. Your...
2: Absolutely, and I'm, the reason I'm really really excited about this one is I was fortunate to speak with a couple different people. That I wanted to be involved with it because I thought, hey, if we're doing this semi-autobiographical story, why not involve real-life professional fighters to play out part of the story, to be involved in this story? So I don't know how familiar you are with UFC, but I'm friends with Mike Davis, who is a killer. He's he's from Orlando or from the Central Florida area. (laughs) He's an absolute monster at 155 pounds. He's injured right now, but he'll be fighting again soon. He's already fought Gilbert Burns. He's fought studs. He's going to be around a long time. So he's in the book. He's on the cover, actually. I have a cover that's got him and Lorenzo Hunt, who is the current world champion bare knuckle fighter at 205. So two very well-known fighters. Elvin Espinoza is in it, too. He's a very well-known fighter. So I won't list all the names because we'd be here for a long time. But this book is going to have five to ten cameos of very, very well-known fighters and people that, I've, that I'm involved with in my life that are going to be a really good part of the story. And I think their fans will be excited to see them in, in the book. I know I am. But so we're trying to bring comics to other audiences as well.
0: That's kind of what my next question was going to be. Have you seen any crossover with like the UFC or the, just the MMA fighters in general in the comics?
2: I have not. To my knowledge this is the first one. I'd hate to take credit for something that's not true, but until somebody can prove otherwise, I don't think anybody's had a UFC fighter in their comic book f- and certainly not a bare knuckle champion. That's got to be a first.
0: Well, have you seen like them show interest in it? Like are any of them like really jazzed at the idea that like a comic oh, yeah. book is coming out?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're pumped about it. Absolutely, they're telling their friends and families, and they've posted it on their social media, and they're they're pretty excited about it. It's not something that's super common, you know. You have a lot of fighters get approached for sponsorships and to to put their brand on things all the time, but this was a little bit different. I think this was more true to home for them or, or true to form because you know a lot of fighters like professional wrestling, and we know that professional wrestling mm-hmm. and comic books have this sort of weird little marriage out there in the in the collective of people people that like comic books a lot of them like wrestling and it's not that far away from mma so so it's an introduction to a world that that's right there on the cusp
0: definitely i yeah it's always i like that sports in general uh, i'm noticing it in the nfl you know huge football fan but uh i'm noticing the sure. nfl where like they are Really A lot of the players are like pushing their fandom of things it 's not necessarily comics but just everything and it's really cool to see like that these guys are real people and right I think the fighting community could stem from that too, like coming out to the the ring with your x men shorts or something would be really right. cool like
2: well you know yeah i'm glad That's yeah, funny you bring that up the The guy that I just told you about Lorenzo hunt, his nickname is Lorenzo the juggernaut hunt, and at his last championship match which was like three or four weeks ago i didn't know he was going to do this but he had a dude walk out with him when he was coming out dressed in a full juggernaut costume like the juggernaut from the comic books and looked incredible
0: that's phenomenal
2: yeah looked incredible so it's 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 coming it's only a matter of time
0: I i always think back my favorite side tangent here But my favorite NFL player of all time, my favorite eagle of all time, was Brian Dawkins, also known as Weapon X. And coming out with the Wolverine gear and, like, showing his fandom for the X-Men and behind-the-scenes stuff back in, like, the early 2000s. Like, we were just getting the Spider-Man movies then.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. No, that was mind-blowing, wasn't it? Brian Dawkins was incredible. He was a strong safety, right?
0: Yeah. He's a monster. Like. Watch, I love watching old videos of him. He would not be allowed in today's
2: NFL. <laughs> no, no, he was a headhunter, but you know what? He needed those guys,
0: yeah. So, yeah, so we talked about we're going on um, the Kickstarter over halfway there. We're looking at yeah. what you got available. So, I guess, talk a little bit about what's in the Kickstarter, what people can expect it when they go to uh, f- uh pledge to it.
2: Well, you know, one of the, one of the tiers we're offering is to actually be in the comic book. You know, we're we're having we have one of the tiers that, and I don't know how many spots are left. I want to say only maybe two spots or three spots are left, but you can yep. actually be drawn into the comic book. So the people that actually back at that level will own or be able to license the original art. So let's say if you wanted to be in the book and you you uh, back at that level then you would own that art to use on your social media in the future for marketing purposes. If you wanted your profile picture on Facebook to be your comic book character, you could do so without any interference from me. So that's part of it. And uh, one of them, we have a really cool daredevil homage uh, cover. I don't know if you've seen on the Kickstarter, it looks really, really cool. We've got the cover that I told you about with all the different fighters on it. So uh, as far as to answer your question, we have, the Kickstarter, the no contest one and two. So some people just might want the digital so they can get digital of one and two don't have to do both, but you can, you can get the, the actual physical copies of one and two and you choose your covers. Essentially. We have the daredevil homage. We have a really, really cool cover. A is going to be really cool, but we have another one with the villains on there. Oh, which reminds me on this issue. I, I, fully believe in, in Travis's idea that we have to, that we had to for this issue. And I agree, make it a little bit more comic booky, if you will. So we have some masked villains to cater to comic book fans as well. So we're really trying to hit every bullet point we can. So there will be a cover of that as well. Like a masked sort of, that we call them the Jackal gang or something like that. So the, there's going to be some masked sort of villains in there as well. We got the one with the, the daredevil cover has Bruno who is sort of my, my kingpin, if you will. That's my nemesis. So it's got something for everybody.
0: Yeah, what I love about the Daredevil homage, and um, actually uh, knowing your, your letter, uh, Jerome, he actually pointed this out, and I can't see it, but the original logo that we can see here on the first issue actually has that similar bend that a daredevil book does so right. it works in two ways with that cover cuz he didn't totally have to unplanned. change the logo at all
2: Totally unplanned exactly Yeah
0: Right and, and yeah the look. the Jackal Clan like they've got this like almost Egyptian kind of look to the mask I, I I really dig it
2: Yeah exactly we're we're excited about that to sort of get a little element going for other people that may not be as interested in fighting. We want to give the idea is I want to give everybody a little bit of something that they love, but also introduce them to new things that they may love that they don't know they love, you know, because someone might buy it for the comic book element and say, Hey, you know what? This Mike Davis guy from the UFC, he seems pretty cool. Let me start watching some of his fights. And then who knows, maybe they'll become fight fans. Maybe the flip side, maybe some Mike Davis, fight fans will buy it because they want to read about their favorite fighter mike davis and say oh crap you know what i like comic books so i'm hoping to sort of win over fans from different multiverses to use a comic term
0: i'm definitely rooting for you there because we need more comic
2: fans absolutely i agree and right now is the time chris because comics have never been more exciting in in my opinion you have indie creators doing a great job you have a lot of interest from major publishers because of all the different netflix shows coming out so people are churning and burning a lot of are churning out a lot of projects but that gives us all an opportunity to find something we love
0: exactly so i guess my last question before we do our plugs you mentioned the getting drawn into the book Mm -hmm. so if i get drawn into the book am i getting knocked out by uh what was his name frank martin
2: no, no, no. Oh, you're talking about uh, Lorenzo? No, you're I'm not about, getting... Yeah. yeah, you're not getting knocked out. The the You can see the example page of the cameo. It's pretty, It's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be so, uh, something similar to what you've seen in some other books. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene that has a bunch of different fighters in that scene, and we're going to introduce all of you in a very unique way. But you're not getting beat. No, the the, the guy that's already getting knocked out is already set in stone. So that guy... He's the only one that has to worry about it. Anybody else is going to be safe.
0: Look, I'm down to be the guy getting punched. Just
2: <laughs> <That's>... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Daniel, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Like I said, I really enjoyed the first issue, and uh, I'll say it to everyone out there: I'm not a fight fan. I'm not an MMA fan. That's not my my ball game. But. Uh, I am a Daredevil fan and the, the lawyer stuff in it, the story really felt kind of, it felt inspired by Daredevil and finding out that you're a Daredevil fan, being good friends with Travis, knowing that he's a Daredevil fan, it makes perfect sense that Absolutely. I got that feeling from it. So if people wanted to follow you and maybe uh, pledge to the book, where sure. could they follow you online moving forward?
2: My, you know, my, on Facebook, I'm just Daniel Martinez, and I have law offices of Daniel Martinez. I'm I'm all over Travis's page. I'm sure anybody watching this is probably involved in comics. But as far as my Instagram, it's the fight lawyer, the fight lawyer. Um, and on Twitter, I'm baby. I like it law. That's my Wu Tang <laughs> Clan homage. Nice. You know that song by ODB? Baby, I nope. like it raw. Of course. Okay. So baby, I like it. Law is my Twitter. Uh, I, my website is www.martinez.law. I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm very easily found on social media and on Google. So if anybody ever wanted to reach out to me for any legal questions, I'm happy to answer them as well. So they can reach out to my office number. I'm always available. I'm easy to find my friend.
0: Awesome. And to all the listeners and watchers out there, you know, the link will be in the show notes down below to the Kickstarter campaign. So you can go check it out and hopefully pledge it uh, because, yes, like I said, recommend the first issue. It was really well done, really good. And it looks like the second one's going to be even better.
2: Way better. I mean, I can't night and day like covers are better. Story is better. Cohesiveness is better. I mean, it just really feels like we're doing something a lot bigger than was originally intended. And I'm so excited.
0: And there you have it. So make sure to go check that out. Daniel, once again, thanks so much for taking the time. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime.
2: My pleasure. any Anytime, Chris. Thank you for having me on.
1: And we're back. Yeah. So uh, check it out on Kickstarter right now.
0: Yeah. No contest number
1: two. No contest. One no. and two. You get both. One and two. You get both. Both of them. No contest. It's a no brainer. <laughs> hey, you guys can have that one. Put it right on the cover.
0: Mike's starting his new career in PR.
1: Yep. There it is. Uh, comic news. While discussing the Snyderverse screening coming to SnyderCon, director Zack Snyder, not Scott Snyder, everybody. Discuss, I, I feel like you're missing the opportunity to have more Snyders there, though, like Scott Snyder, right? I mean, why would Scott Snyder should at least get an invite to Snyder? Yeah, it should be a panel. It should be the Snyders. Yeah, the Snyders. And you then can you can bring get,
0: Dean Snyder in.
1: Dean Snyder and then Snyder's pretzels.
0: It it should be sponsored by Snyder's pretzels. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anyways, uh, director Zack Snyder discussed the potential of continuing his story in comic form. What? He said that there was a time there was that sort of desire. And now that this new movie Rebel Moon will expand into other media like comics, anime, so on Snyder doesn't rule out the possibility of coming back to it one day. But it would require a want from the DC Comics to invest in the project, stating, quote, I would really enjoy that if it was a possibility, end quote. So he would do it if DC wanted him to, but he's kind of busy with some other shit.
0: Yeah, realizing that when I wrote this, I never added that we're talking about his, the Snyder, the
1: Justice League. Justice League, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is something we brought up like a million times, like as what we thought he should do. So it's mm-hmm. really nice to hear that like smart people with money were like, "Yeah, this is a good idea." That always makes right. me feel good about
1: myself. Yep, yep. Um, it just took them I, longer to figure it out, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll bet you. I mean, how many years since? Uh, it's been like two years since the. I think um, so. Snyder cut came out. Yeah, yeah. Give it an anniversary. Give it a five year. Mm-hmm. I think five years, uh, 10 years. I think people will be done though. Cause we'll be into the James Gunn verse and we'll be like, yeah. okay, like the, we'll oh, this is Justice what a good League. DC movie is like. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, we'll have another no Justice offense. League by then hopefully, but I think in three years. Yeah. We'll see. some. We'll see an announcement of something like he's going to finish the story in comics and we'll get like two 12 issue series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome.
1: Marvel announced this week that Adam Warlock is coming back in the form of one of the publisher's limited series set in continuity of the 1990s. Wow. And the cover looks like a 90s cover. I was going to say that, yeah. even with the font and everything. Uh, the series will be called Warlock Rebirth, written by Ron Mars and art by Ron Lim. The series will include uh, Adam's female counterpart, Eve Warlock, whose origin and connections to Adam Warlock are currently shrouded in mystery. That's a cool cover. Uh I I just like it because it's like totally 90s. Um, And I would say that that means he's showing up soon in the movies. Right? Along with Guardians 3. Yeah, I
0: I wonder if this is connected, though, because like Marvel's been doing this thing, and I think what it is is instead of paying people royalties, Mm -hmm. which is a very valid criticism of Marvel, like they're really bad with royalties for the movies, where DC's actually really good with this. Yeah. But it seems like instead of paying them for royalties, they're telling them, like, you can play with your old like, stuff you created. Uh, and, like, just we'll give you a paycheck for it mm-hmm. and just do this. Because <laughs> I don't think these books do that well. Pers- I mean, no. I'd, yeah. I'd never seen them chart or anything like that. That being said, I love me some Adam Warlock.
1: Yeah.
0: I am yeah. down for this.
1: i probably check it out. Yeah. i probably check it out.
0: I'll check out the first
1: one. Also, in
0: case nobody caught it, Adam Warlock, Eve Warlock, Adam Eve. Huh? Adam Eve. What?
1: Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. It looks cool. I like the art. Um, I love that, like, Infinity Gauntlet era of Marvel uh, mm-hmm. that um, Jim Starling, who we'll be talking about later, did. And uh, Ron uh, Mars was a part of it, too. So I'm, I'm really I'm actually excited for this one. I think it's
1: cool. Yeah. Ron Mars coming back. Um, IDW is bringing a new series to its IDW original line called Brian Moore. The series will be written by Steve Niles, art by Damian Worm. It'll focus on uh, protagonist Mark Turner, who returns home after a bad divorce to reconnect with his daughter and ancestral roots. The creators of the comics say it'll be a Gothic horror series. And yeah, it it looks that way. Uh, The cover looks very menacing with a a church. It's black, black, uh, white, and red. I'll probably check this one out. Yeah, I enjoy Steve Niles'
0: work. I mean, mm-hmm. um, he did that recent book, A Town Called Terror. Uh, everybody knows Thirty Days of Night. Yeah, like one of the seminal vampire books and comics. Yep. So I'll give it a shot. I like I said, I always enjoy his work, even though I'm not a huge horror fan. It's weird that he's like on that list of guys I really like. Mm-hmm. So the cover's cool, and IDW Originals, man, they're they're killing it.
1: Yeah, this, uh, this next announcement, it just made my week. IDW announced a new Godzilla comic series coming this summer. Everybody knows I love Godzilla. This series will be written by Frank Thierry with art by Inaki Miranda. Uh, what is unique about the series is set in the 1500s before humanity had traveled the globe and monsters ruled the seas. The series will be titled Godzilla, Here There Be Dragons. And I almost... I feel like you have to say the title in a pirate accent of like, here there be dragons because there's a pirate ship on the cover with Godzilla. And uh, no, it's not a poor grammar. It is uh, that is just how the pirates would speak. So I, I mean, the cover is phenomenal. I love the colors and the Godzilla and it's even that like old school, like 1950s original Godzilla body shape, you know, Uh, I think it looks awesome.
0: It looks like the poster to a 1950s movie, too. Like, yeah. That looks like what you would see when, like, you're like, Godzilla's coming to the theaters. Maybe a little bit better, to be fair, but, like, it's got that, like, style to it. Yep. This is the first time I think ever I've been excited for a Godzilla comic. Like, it's such a dope concept. Um, Yeah. Frank Thierry is a really good writer. I I cannot say I'm familiar with uh, Inaki Miranda's work, but. Nope. We will find out. Yeah. I everything here looks cool. I will be picking this one up a hundred percent. It just Yeah. I think everybody out there, if you Google the book and you look at the cover, that's the like if that doesn't sell you, I don't know yeah, what yeah. will because it's so
1: good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think anybody ever questions the fact of like how Godzilla stands in deep water. You don't need to question it. <laughs> These are he's, questions we don't ask Mike. Like, he just paddles his little feet and he's good to go.
0: He's like a, yeah, it's like a duck, you know, and a ducks are <laughs> sitting there nice <laughs> and, the, and the feet are going like this.
1: Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, that's it. Let's talk about what we're at this week. Let's do it. Uh, Stargirl and the Lost Children, number five. Jeff Johns and Knock on the art. All right. This is the issue before the finale. Uh, the big fight happens where they're breaking the kids that have been abducted out of prison. Um, and we know that the person that comes like steal the children or like abduct them or whatever he says he's going to, he's trying to save them from some unknown disaster. It's our man. So that's, that's another pretty interesting part of the story. Um, and at the end of it, he's like, I'm the only one who can save them, which is a twist. But the tease for the next issue was it says young, it's it's called Young Justice Society. So uh, there is some weird stuff going on here with our man trying to save them, and now there is a Young Justice Society. So time is out of whack. Uh, the story ended up being really good. Um, I, I yeah, I I really liked it. So I ended up finding
0: out recently. I don't know if this was originally solicited or not, but I feel like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding out that the JSA books a twelve issue maxi series. Uh, ongoing. I no, idea. Going? Uh, no, I did that was not originally solicited. Yeah, I don't believe it was. So I'm, um, I'm wondering now. You say that it clicked that like maybe these two books are colliding in some way and are going to be its own book. Where, like, hopefully, yeah.
1: JSA universe.
0: <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Maybe they like bring them back into making them Earth two and or something. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But like that that gave me like thoughts of like, what could they be doing with these two books? If they're the, creating a young justice league or just society. And then what if, yeah. so
1: the young justice society is going to, it's going to become like JSU instead of Justice league or justice United. It's going to be like justice society university or something. And they're all going to, all the sidekicks get put into school together or something. Uh, just like X-Men. Uh, Swamp thing, green hell. Number three, Lemire and Mankey on the art. Uh, the final battle was cool. This wraps up everything. Animal Animal Woman shows up and she's like completely friggin' metal and awesome. Constantine does this really cool thing where he trades his soul with Lucifer to give the Swamp Thing more power because he's been cut off from the green. Uh, he then goes to destroy the green and the red and says, I'm going to let humanity decide for itself. Uh, it it ends with the like life finds a way quote, which is kind of cheesy because it's from Jurassic Park. Kind of on the nose. But uh, overall, it was good. I just wish we didn't have that huge delay. You know? Yeah. I completely forgot this book came out this week, so I didn't get to pick it up. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, why would you remember? Because it was like six months after the first issue. Uh, Superman 2, Williamson and Campbell. Uh, This was an awesome issue. Talked about Parasite evolving. Yeah, there you go. And he does in the issue, he's now infecting people like zombies. I thought it was a cool twist on you know an old school villain. Uh, he gets to Superman because he infected Lois Lane and he's like looking for Lois and Lois infects him. Then we get this intro of a brand new character, everybody. Uh, Marilyn Moonlight, a new anti-hero. She only operates at night. Pretty cool design and she looks a lot like Moon Knight. <laughs> um, yep. Which is fine. I thought she was pretty dope uh, and very mysterious, uh, but yeah, I I thought that was a cool character.
0: I liked it all together. I liked the whole the evolution of parasite, like doing something yeah. different with them and everything. Yeah. Um the the moon. I'm just gonna call her Moon Knight. Uh, yeah. The Moon Knight thing <laughs> was funny to me. I thought it was a cool design, and everything. And yeah. Like I'm not going to shit on him for, like, they stole Moon Knight because, like, Moon right. Knight, they stole Batman. Like, okay. Right, right. Um, I just thought it was kind of like a cop-out that, like, mysteriously, this thing pops up and, like, I can give you Moonlight and now you're right. powered back up. I'm like, okay. Like, if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully she pops up again they explain this, but it was just kind of weird in that moment. Like, just out of nowhere, this thing pops up and can just repower Superman.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was it was really like a mixture of Moon Knight and Sailor Moon because, you know, fighting evil by Moonlight uh, is kind of in this character's repertoire, too, I guess. Yeah, it was a little bit of Old West because he was a cowboy cowgirl. I almost thought it was, you know, who I thought it was when, uh she popped up. I thought it was, uh, oh, my God, not uh, the spirit. Jonah Hex. Not Jonah Hex. I thought it was um, oh my Lone God. Ranger. Not the Lone Ranger. Who's the cop with the pistols? That's like a ghost uh, stranger. Is it not Phantom Stranger? There's the another ghost, not great ghost. There's uh Renee Montoya. What's her? Alter oh, ego? the question, the question. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of the Phantom Stranger. Yeah. The question. I always, I almost thought it was going to be a character like her. I had no idea what was going on. And then I was like, Oh, that's a completely new character. Um, it would have been but funnier
0: now that I think about it, if they just retcon Grey Ghost to be like
1: Yeah have moon be... powers. It's like yeah, why? We because a... we wanted it. We need a Grey Ghost book. That would be amazing. Um Batman Superman World's Finest, number 13. Mark Wade, Dan Mora. Dude, this issue, I love it. I love this series. This book, this was like this felt like a classic old school Batman, Superman team up book. I loved it. Uh we we start off the issue like uh we didn't like they start off the issue like you missed last issue like oh i can't believe we wrapped it up like that and you know (laughs) like and you guys had swapped bodies and i'm like i want to see that issue what the hell uh literally
0: re-downloaded because i buy this one digitally i re-downloaded 12 to be like wait
1: what happened yeah exactly (laughs) me too no i flipped back to 12 and i was like okay he was messing with us uh bruce wayne is taken into custody because they think he murdered uh simon stagg and he was investigating Metamorpho because we get, we actually get the origin story of Metamorpho uh, really liked it. And, you know, Metamorpho's doing his own thing. He had some bad blood with Simon Stagg. He, he didn't kill him, but it looks like he did. Uh, but at the end, they arrest Bruce Wayne for some reason. And I think it was funny because like Jimmy Olsen's doing the reporting and like finds out like it links it all to Bruce Wayne. So there's a lot of like classic things going on in this issue of like Jimmy Olsen actually being a reporter Uh, and like the classic like Batman Superman team up stuff, and getting someone a character like Metamorpho involved, who we don't see quite a bit, and like diving a little deeper into the character rather than like having him show up to punch somebody. Um, I thought it was a great issue. Also, just the the twist
0: like they spend the whole issue being like, it's Metamorpho, Metamorpho killed him, Metamorpho Mm -hmm. has the beef with him. Like that's, Mm -hmm. and then at the end, when so I. I don't think you said, but Jimmy actually writes the article. Yeah. And like does a lot of the research and he comes to the conclusion that it's Bruce, but you don't find that out to the last page. And when he hands it over to Clark and so cause Clark has to like actually write out the article and he hands over to Clark. He's just like, it can't be him. It can't be him. And the entire time you're like, you're thinking it's metamorpho metamorpho. Right. Right. And then, um, Perry White Bam. goes, how do you know it's not him? And he's like, I can't tell you. He's like, well, then it's going to print. Yeah. And get to it, and then you flip the page, and it's, it's such a great reveal. I mean, yeah. such a great. Classic. This Classic is some of the book. best Mark Wade in
1: years, probably since oh, yeah. his Daredevil run. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's doing it's, some crazy shit here. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's tying things to old storylines. He's making new storylines. He's bringing in old characters that we don't see a lot. I mean, yeah, he's, this is this is the Batman Superman book I want. And yeah, I and I don't want it to leave. So keep it on for 50 more issues, please. And I'll say I
0: just ordered did my orders for three months from now. Just ordered the Shazam book. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for him to take over Shazam.
1: Yeah, that'll be awesome. Oh. Um, yeah, Mark Wade, such a such a great writer. Uh DC's dwarf of the undead gods, issue seven, Tom Taylor, Harrison on the art. Nice. Lots of fighting. Um there's a cool scene where uh Cyborg absorbs Brainiac. So that was pretty sick. Uh he gets in a fight with Brainiac and he's like, You think you're you know, stronger than me and like absorbs him. So we get like this hybrid Brainiac Cyborg. Uh he he and then he uses Brainiac's power to release the Kandor City uh and like release all the fighters, all the all the um Kryptonians or whatever you know, souped up people. And then, uh, Spectre gets, so they, the cure arrives and they give it to Spectre. Um, and everybody starts getting cured like throughout the issue. And then Darkseid is cured and they have to like explain to him what happened. Like, oh yeah, you were being possessed by someone else. And basically at the end of the issue, Side's like, okay, we should all go fight Erebos because I'm pissed now. So they're all going to like take the fight to Erebos who was actually behind the, um, the anti-life equation the storyline so I thought it was overall it was a good issue and then next issue will be the last one yeah I
0: love the um the Alfred stuff throughout the issue and I mm-hmm. love the last page where they're like and we have to team up with our mortal enemy and
1: it's you know it's dark side it's <laughs> a dark side yeah, yeah it's pretty awesome it's it's really I'm so excited for that last issue yeah I can't wait and that's all I had this week. Oh, At that's least that's I all I got to.
0: Sorry, I was trying to look something up to make sure I don't make an idiot of myself when we talk about this book. Uh-oh. But I can't find it. So we're going to talk about Vanish number five to start with. Yeah, I didn't read that one yet. Um, Donna Cage, Ryan Stegman. First issue I'm not, like, super hot on. It was okay. Um, mm-hmm. We do kind of this back and forth where one of the other magicians is kind of fucking with his mind and he he's making this fake world where he's in an insane asylum and everything that happened in the last four issues was fake. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's been done. I mean, I read Batman plenty of times, so Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. (laughs) And then we get kind of a glimpse of who, who it is. And he's hard time. He's trying to get back to his wife as he's kind of going back and forth between this fake world and the real world, not knowing which is which. And uh, kind of get the reveal at the end that he goes home and they've already gotten to his house to find his wife. So, good issue. Not, I mean, the other ones have been so good that I'm not like disappointed that this isn't the best issue because I've been loving the, the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was referencing is that it says uh, Vanish Issue 6 coming soon. Pre order your local comic shop. I don't think Vanish Issue 6 has even hit Substack yet. So oh, interesting. I'm just gonna say everybody, don't hold your breath on that happening anytime soon. Um okay. with everything going on in Donnie's life. Yeah. Uh allegedly in Donnie's life. Um there's no he hasn't come out officially and said there's just rumors, but Donnie hasn't put anything out other than Vanish, and Vanish was a book he did a like a year ago. So Right. He, he just did it for Substack and now it's releasing, so but yeah, good series. I hope. I really hope it continues. I hope whatever's going on with his life, he fixes it and comes back to comics. Um, because I love his work. I just yeah I do. Yeah, I wish him all the best. Uh, Blue Book number two. Uh, so we get the family, the the husband and wife who saw the aliens, mm-hmm. and they try to contact uh the Air Force to tell them what's going on after after they get home. They kind of do some experiments to figure out if they were just like. they're just crazy or not. And they, they kind of come to the conclusion that they did see something. So they call the air force. They kind of poo poo it. And that's when the wife kind of gets into reading about flying saucers and everything and coming to find this other organization from an old colonel uh, that deals with this. And they decide to call them. So it's one of these books that not a ton happens, but it's kind of relaying, real life events and telling this kind of somewhat dry story. So I would say it's not for everybody, but if you like aliens and conspiracy theory stuff, it's a really fun book. Nice. And then the, the back, there's always like a second story in these two. And it's about these two kids who come to this town in the 1600s. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 1150 AD is when the story takes place. And it's an old folk tale about these two kids uh, who come from like basically a parallel dimension. Because they're green, okay. and uh, kind of their life and all this, and them kind of converting to Christianity and everything, and then growing up and doing all this stuff, and it's based on this old folk tale from a uh, the Woolpit in Suffolk, England. Okay, kind of brought never heard heart, of that. So. Yeah, it's, cool. I've never heard it before, but it was an interesting story, you know, for something mm-hmm. I never heard before. And then my last one was Order and Outrage number one. This is Jim Starling and Rags Morales on Arts. Nice. So it's it's a Jim Starling, you know, sci-fi book. It's exactly what I expected, exactly what I wanted. He deals with religion. He deals with totalitarianism and in a sci fi setting. And uh we get kind of this order that is going around exterminating people that they seem genetically inferior. Mm. Uh, tell me if any of this sounds familiar to you, Mike.
1: Yep, and a little
0: uh, bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. And all the while we've got this like space uh, ship that is hovering over this planet and uh, people who are working on it. And we get kind of real life moments with them and how they're, they feel like they've been lied to with what they were told was going to happen and everything. They're set on these, like this woman's a uh, basically a scientist, and she's been mm-hmm. put on uh, security duty. So she's like really upset. She goes, "You know, I, I have all these degrees and everything. Why am I doing this?" Uh, meanwhile, people are being uh, killed on this planet. I will <laughs> say, as a spoiler—not a spoiler, but a warning for anybody—if this is a thing that you know shocks you. But uh, more penis than I expected.
2: All
1: right,
0: um, I'll actually buy so- the book now. There's more a there's a moment dog? where they these this couple goes back, like these two people I'm assuming are gonna be like one of the main characters or two of the main characters, go back to their like apartment or whatever and they're like we're gonna bang and then it flips to after they banged. And the dude's just like hanging dong left and right in this. Nice. Like I said, not bothering me. I'm just saying more penis than I expected. Um, to be fair, when I open up a comic, I usually expect no penis. I so. expect
1: one and a half. <laughs> Because, you you know, like, one is expected, then the two is like, okay, but like half, like, half, okay, I can understand.
0: But there's also something in the background. There's some sort of, like, resurrection of gods going on that they're, they, they hint at, but then okay. quickly fall away. So this first issue is a lot of world building, um, but I really enjoyed it. And I know, Mike, you're a fan of Rags Morales, so I don't got to oh, tell yeah. you, but the art is right. phenomenal. Yeah, rags. Them. Identity Crisis. Amazing art. Okay. Right? So, um, cool. uh, if you are a Jim Starlin sci fi fan, I highly recommend it. Cool. If you're a sci fi fan in general, I think you'll get something out of it, but particularly to us crazy people who love Jim
1: Starlin. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Mike, nice. that was everything I read this week. Where can people
1: find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show?
0: You can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter. Also at Fortress Comic. Or, I'm sorry, you can find the show at fortress comics underscore on twitter also at FortressComicNews.com. remember everybody to like subscribe share comment down below on the youtube version as they say smash that like button smash and if you are an audio listener the podcast reviews do help a ton so do that especially if you're on uh, apple podcasts or google podcasts and if you want to go the extra mile and then not only do we have the Patreon at patreon.com slash Comics, but we also have the affiliate links down below, so you can check those out and you support the show while doing it. So thank you all so much for watching and listening this week, and I will see you all here next
1: week. See you.